Hello, hello, hello. It is a good day to start a podcast. Um, This is the Off the Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Jet Coatney, and I'm very, very excited to uh, start this journey with y'all. Thank you so much if you're tuning in, listening to this episode. It is currently Thursday, June 22nd. And I am sitting here in my new apartment in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been watching the draft tonight. I am super uh, excited with what's happened with the Mavs so far. We'll get to that a lot more in depth later. Um, and uh, first, I kind of want to go over what uh, this podcast is going to be. Um, I'd like to give some special thank yous first. Uh, to all my buddies who have encouraged me and and uh, given me the confidence to go ahead and start my own thing. Um, I've been a guest on my buddy Dennis's podcast several times. Uh, we've had a really great time talking about mainly basketball, some football too. That's mostly what we'll talk about here is basketball, football, some baseball. We'll talk some hockey and I know Dawson and Clayton are dying to get me in on uh, some soccer as well, so uh, we'll see how that progresses. But, um, yeah, so Dennis is is one person I definitely want to thank for just the constant encouragement and also helping me figure out how to get this started. Um, Another person I want to thank is my buddy Morgan. Shout out to Mo Pete for doing some preliminary work on the design for the logo. Um, kind of giving me some ideas there and also just being another big encourager. Um, we'll definitely have him on to talk some college football when that season gets a little bit closer. I want to give a big shout out to my beautiful wife, Maddie, who came up with the final designs for the logo um, and, and just the constant encouragement that she gives me. Uh, could not at all have the time to do this or the energy to do this if it wasn't for her. So shout out to Maddie. And, uh, yeah, welcome to Off the Bench. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to get this going. Uh, you know, they say most podcasts fizzle out before they reach 10 episodes. I think it's like 90% or more of podcasts don't make it to 10. So uh, my goal will be at least 11. So uh, here's episode one. We're going to be talking mainly tonight about the NBA draft and the NBA offseason. First, I want to kind of do a little uh, NBA recap episode or uh, season 2022 to 2023 um, was a sad one for the Mavericks. I eulogized their season with my buddy Dennis and a couple of his friends on his podcast, Dennis and Friends Pod. Uh, definitely go check his out. He's some like 80 episodes in almost, I think, and uh, he's he's got a good thing going over there. Very fun podcast to tune into, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a frequent guest, um, but uh, yeah, we, so we, we eulogize the Mavs there. I don't really want to do get into that too much here. I want to look to the future and be excited about what's to come for the Dallas Mavericks, and after tonight, I'm very excited. It's about 1130 uh, here in Central Time, um, so the, the draft is nearly complete. I think we're almost done with the second round now. Um, and the Mavs have had a good time. Um, and like I said, we'll get to that a little bit later. I want to talk about the uh, NBA season 
wrapped up with the Nuggets getting their first championship ever over the Miami Heat, who I typically don't root for, but uh, it's hard not to root for Jimmy Butler. So, um, you know, they put up a good fight. They showed a lot of grit and heart throughout the entirety of the playoffs. The Heat did. Um, They upset the number one seed. They upset possibly the title favorites in the Boston Celtics in seven games in historic fashion. So, um, you know, kudos to them for a great year and a great run. Uh, Jimmy Butler, again, carrying a team to the finals. Couldn't quite get, uh, you know, all the way to the end of the rainbow, so to say. Um, But the Nuggets, man, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown. I mean, you had had Christian Brown, uh, the rookie, step up. Um, they're, they're a deep team. They're going to be competitive for years to come. They, they have a couple expiring deals that they need to make sure they get to come back this year with, um, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Got to bring those guys back for the culture. Also, just because they were integral parts to, um, their run and had very good postseasons. Um, but I mean, they're going to be competitive for years to come as long as they keep that core uh, duo of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic together. Those guys are killers in the playoffs. Um, so kudos to the, the Nuggets. Um, I think they've got a really good shot at going back-to-back um, if they have a similar season to this year. It was a really underrated uh, year for the team as a whole. I think that they were probably the most underrated one seed ever. Um, and then they had a really great playoff run against some really great teams and players and still are, are getting disrespected even now to this day. People saying that they had an easy run. I really don't believe that. They ran into some great defensive teams and just overpowered them every single night. They, I think they only lost like three or four games on their way to, to the championship. So that's impressive. Um, Nikola Jokic finals MVP, not surprising. Average triple-double. Uh, had a 30-20-10 game, first one in finals history. Really, really impressive stuff. He's just an absolute wizard with the, with the ball in his hands. Hard to stop that guy. Um, and then Jamal Murray, when he gets it going, uh, it's 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 really something to, to watch. And to have two guys on, on your team that can facilitate the way that those two can is it, – it's something that only a fan can only dream of until it's happening for them, so – if you're a Denver fan, you're sitting at home, you know, just living it up, enjoying life. You don't even care about the draft right now. You're still riding that championship high. Um, so kudos to Denver, and good luck next year. It's going to be tough. People are going to be gunning for you, and you're probably going to still keep getting that disrespect that you've been getting all year this year. So the draft so far um, – I'll include a little bit of an audio clip that I recorded earlier. It was my top 10 picks predictions. The first five I got, five for five, and it was kind of easy. Uh, I think if you just looked at it logically, five best players went went first. Um, and then the next five I was totally, totally wrong on. Um, so I'll include that in here, uh, here in a second. And moving past those predictions... Um, you know, some, some big things happened for the Mavericks. They, um, they decided to trade, 
uh, Davis Bertans get off of that bad contract and trade um, him and our number 10 pick back to the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, trading back in the draft, that is, to get the 12th pick. Uh, and we ended up landing the same guy that we thought we were going to get a 10. So uh, honestly, I really love the, the, uh, the draft pick in Derek Lively. I think he has a really good shot to be kind of Tyson Chandler-esque, um, kind of like DeAndre uh, Jordan before he was a Maverick, uh, just a kind of an elite defender, um, very big physical paint presence, really solid on the boards. In 20 minutes per game at Duke last year, he averaged five points and five rebounds and over two blocks per game. So you think about what the, what can that look like translating to an NBA game? playing with a great facilitator in Luka Doncic and, and also in Kyrie Irving. I think that can look like, you know, if we, if he does start, uh, presumably so, uh, as he's probably the best, definitely the best defender and best rebounding big man that we have on the roster now with Christian Wood being gone um, and really just not having any other center options. Uh, JaVale McGee's old. Um, Dwight Powell is kind of washed, um, definitely not the solution there. So I think, I think Derek Lively can come, can step into that role, play 30 minutes a night, average, you know, seven, eight points, eight rebounds, two block shots. I mean, that would be fantastic. I think he's got the defensive prowess, just the innate instincts there, uh, to do that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to him, uh, hopefully taking a really big role with this team and, and helping us out on the defensive end. Um, the next move that the Mavericks made, they, they made two draft night moves, and, and I, I think that's kind of their calling card is draft night trades. They were able to take that trade exception that they got moving um, moving off of Bertons to send that trade exception to the Kings so that the Kings could dump Rashawn Holmes' uh, contract. Uh, Holmes, I think it was two off seasons ago. Yeah, that's correct. Two off seasons ago, signed a four year deal with the Kings for four years and $48 million with a player option for the fourth year. Um, he's a guy that back then I was saying, I really wish the Mavs would target because we needed a rebounding rolling big guy that could play alongside Luca. Well, we finally got him uh, a little bit later than expected. And I think this is a really underrated get um, and this, this is another part to this trade that's probably going to be talked about more. But I think that the underrated part about Holmes is that the only reason that his numbers dipped last year is because he had a much smaller role, uh, only started one game last year for the um, Sacramento Kings uh, as DeMontis Sabonis took the starting spot, obviously, um, after trading for him. But... Uh, you know, over over the previous three seasons, before this last year with the Kings, in 28, 29, and 24 minutes a game, he averaged 12 points, 14 points, and 10 points a game, respectively. And then um, 8.1 rebounds, 8.3 rebounds, and 7 rebounds per game uh, over those three seasons. So when he has the starting minutes, um, even some of those being bench appearances as well, actually, um, I think he's still a productive guy that, that shoots the ball tremendously well. 
over those three seasons, shot 64%, 63%, 66%. So, I I mean, I think he's he's a very efficient backup. Um, He can step in. Uh, he's he, like I said, he's a great rolling uh, big man uh, on the pick and roll. He'll he'll be a, a lob threat for sure. And I think he just adds some depth and some toughness. Again, uh, not a not a great defender, but definitely a plus defender. In those three seasons, again with those with the Kings um, before Sabonis got there, he averaged one point three, one point six, and then one block per game. So I think I think we're really kind of undervaluing the what he'll add to the rotation. The main piece of that trade is a, a rookie by the name of Olivier Maxence Prosper. And I think that um, in just some, some brief discussions with Dennis and Clayton in our little group text we've got, he's kind of like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith's, you know, uh, like mini-me. Um, uh, he's, he's a, he's a decent three point shooter shot 34% last year at Marquette. He averaged 12 and a half points, 4.7 rebounds. Um, yeah, with good shooting splits, 50% from the field, 34% from three, 74% from the free throw line. And I think that all of his shooting numbers can get better, obviously. Um, and, and he'll, he'll have some really good open looks with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving on the floor with him. And and the great thing about him as well is that he is six eight. Uh, he's got a really great wingspan. I think he's got like a seven foot wingspan, and he I mean, he's a very athletic, quick guard um, or guard forward. He'll probably play the three mostly. Um, so we add shooting and and defense, a three and D player, uh, a, a nice young athletic. A guy that can can give us minutes, um, can spell Josh Green when when you know he needs a break because Josh Green will pro- presumably get that starting small forward position this year and and take a lot of minutes. I think he deserves that for sure. Um, I, I just really like what the Mavs have done tonight on draft night. I think it's really great. It's a lot to look forward to, um, and I think that there's even more to come. Uh, I think we. We're told about this by Nico. I think he said, you know, we're going to be active. We're going to be looking to upgrade the roster. Uh, we really want to – he didn't say this specifically, but we really want to keep Luka Doncic happy. And um, so far, I think they've done a good job. They've done what they needed to do, is, which is add paint presence and add defense. And so far, so good. Really happy with what they've done so far. Um. I'll talk about kind of the Mavs a little bit later and how we can fill out the rest of the roster and how I think we could go about doing that successfully. But I do want to make sure I hit on these three big trades that have happened um, so far just throughout the NBA that have kind of shifted the landscape of the league, so to speak. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about is just how the Wizards are cleaning house. Um, they are you know, completely uh, overhauling the roster, changing everything up, shifting their focus from uh, being a really mid-team, being middle of the pack in about every stat and also record-wise, to fully rebuilding. And I think that's a really smart way to go. And they can still stay fun while they're rebuilding. Um, and, and they've 
done that with a few of the moves that they've made so far. So we'll, we'll kind of get into that here. Uh, the first big one, obviously, was uh, the Bradley Beal deal. Um, the Wizards sent Bradley Beal to the Suns in exchange for a package including Chris Paul. Um, and uh, we'll talk about where Chris Paul's at now in just a minute, but I want to finish up with this Wizards stuff here. Um, the Wizards are also receiving a protected 2030 first-round pick and a 2027 second-round pick. Oh, actually, that sorry, that's from the... Warriors deal. Jumping ahead of myself here. Um, but yeah, no, Beal, Bradley Beal was traded to the Suns for uh, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and some pick swaps and some second round picks. Um, and, uh, you know, on the surface, you're like, well, that doesn't really make much sense. Chris Paul is older, and some have said washed, you know, and by some, I mean me and Dennis uh, have definitely said that Chris Paul's washed. He's a cone, you know, he's a cone. Uh, and, and then you get Landry Shamit, who's a bench player. Um, and then not even a bunch of like, you know, guaranteed picks. It's, it's like pick swaps and stuff that you might decide not to swap because Phoenix is probably going to be pretty competitive over the next couple of years. So essentially you're going to keep your pick because you're probably going to have a worse pick than them. But it gets you off of possibly the worst contract in the NBA, um, which is Bradley Beals. And I'm not saying that because Bradley Beals is a bad player. But when you have a Supermax deal for a guy who is maybe the 30th best player in the league, that's an issue. Um, To put on top of that, they gave him a no-trade clause, which was, until he opted out of it, the only no-trade clause in the league. That means that guys like Giannis... Guys like Luca, guys like Jason Tatum, guys like Kawhi, LeBron, they did not have no trade clauses in their contracts, but Bradley Beal did. Um, I think it had been time for several years to move off of Bradley Beal, and they finally did it. So honestly, it's a win for the Wizards, and I think it's even more of a win because of the implications of this next deal that they did which is um, sending Chris Paul to Golden State for uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, there's another player involved. I forget the player's name. I don't have it in front of me. Um, and uh, draft compensation as well. And I think this is a big win for uh, the Wizards just because they get Jordan Poole. Um, Jordan Poole is still young. Jordan Poole, when starting last year, averaged um, 24 points a game. Uh, there's a lot of upside to his game. He's going to you know, keep fans in the seats while you're rebuilding. Um, and, you know, it's not as bad of a contract as Bradley Beal's. So, and for Golden State, it doesn't make as much sense. I'd probably give them like a C for this trade grade. But you get off of Jordan Poole's really bad contract. You free up some space, hopefully enough to re-sign Draymond Green and stay competitive in the West. Um, and you get Chris Paul to kind of run the bench unit probably. Um, get a really good, solid veteran. Um, for as much as we hate on Chris Paul, you know, I, we, we have to give credit where credit's due. He's one of the greats of all time. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but the Wizards, you know, they, they're stacking up on, on picks. Um, they got Jordan Poole, and they were involved in the other big trade as well. 
Um, really, all all three trades so far, the the Wizards have kind of been the catalyst in it. So, um, last year, uh, the Wizards had quote unquote a big three in Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, and uh, Kyle Kuzma. And Kuzma opted out. We just talked about Beal getting traded, and Kristaps. Uh, also got traded to the Boston Celtics. In that deal, the Wizards landed um, Tyus Jones from Memphis. It's a three-team trade. Um, Danilo Gallinari, who I would assume that they will uh, probably buy out the contract of. Guy hasn't played in two years. Uh, We don't really know what he's going to be able to give them. Um, Plus, it's a pretty sizable contract from, from what I remember. And then Mike Muscala, uh, they get both of those guys back from Boston, and then a second-round pick. Um, Boston also sends Marcus Smart to Memphis to replace Tyus Jones, and will, who will start in the place of John Morant for the first 25 games of the regular season. Um, and then Kristaps Porzingis goes to Boston, along with two first-round picks. I think Boston really fleeced the grizzlies in this trade but i do love that trade for washington because it keeps your backcourt pretty solid tyus jones over the last four years has led the nba in uh, assist to turnover ratio he takes care of the basketball he's a great playmaker he's an efficient scorer when he gets the minutes to be a a scorer uh, to score enough and um i mean i think i think he's just a great guy to head up the offense Having him and Jordan Poole in the backcourt together, I mean, that's going to keep you, you know, maybe not relevant, but at least exciting enough to tune into. Um, so I really like that deal for the Wizards. I think the, the obvious winner of that trade is Boston. I mean, you get Chris Epps Porzingis. You were already a title favorite last year. Now your odds for, a title, for the title next year have gone up tremendously. Um, and you get two first-round picks, which I, I'm not sure who did they take in the first round. Or I guess who did they? Uh, where's that Memphis pick? I don't see it. Anyway, um, moving on from the trades, um, I think uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the Mavs' outlook for next season, how they can kind of fill out the roster. Um, I think there's a couple guys that uh, they can get still. Uh, they can they can target in free agency, or they can try some sign-in trades um, or just some straight-up trades to, to kind of you know continue to deepen the roster, um, get ready for, for a push with Luka and Kyrie, presuming we – uh, are able to re-sign Kyrie uh, this offseason. The first guy on that list uh, for me is Grant Williams. I think he is obviously a plus defender. He's a great shooter. Um, I think he'd be a, a great person to start at our four position. He's young. Uh, he'll be able to space the floor. Uh, he's a good teammate, good energy guy. Uh and he, he's got playoff experience. I mean, he's been with the Celtics, and they've had deep runs. So he's been there. He's been to a finals. Um, something that I'm not many guys on our roster can say. Really, I think just Kyrie. 
Um, so if we could, if we could somehow acquire him in a sign and trade or, or just signing him in free agency, if we got the money for it, then I'm all in for that. I'm not sure we have the, the draft capital um, or the contracts to really make that work. Now it might be a, something centered around Tim Hardaway. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. I know that we were in talks with the Celtics about that. I don't know where the Celtics are at now that they have gotten rid of Marcus Smart. Maybe they want to keep some of their defensive muscle um, in the front line, you know, with Grant Williams. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Grant in a Mavs jersey next next season. Something else that was talked about a lot before the draft was uh, the Mavericks trading either Bertans or Tim Hardaway and the 10th pick back to, to trading back in the draft for the 15th pick from the Hawks and a combination of John Collins and Clint Capella, uh, or possibly both. And I love the idea of having both of those guys on, on the Mavericks next year. Um, Capella, again, really just solidifies the front line in terms of rebounding and defense, uh, stuff that we need to focus on um, since we have Luka and Kyrie running the show offensively. And uh, so I think I think Capella fits that role really well. He could step in and, and be that starting center, and Lively could you know learn from him, uh, kind of get the, the tools to the trade, uh, so to speak, for the first couple of years of his career from a, from a really great big man, someone that has also had you know playoff experience and deep playoff runs, both with the Hawks and the Rockets. Um, and then John Collins. He's been a great scorer in the past. This past year was a little bit down. I think that was kind of situational just in terms of, you know, not being really even the third option on that offense anymore. Um, it might be something to do with having the contract that he earned a couple of years back and then maybe not having something to work for like that this year. But I think that in the right situation, I mean, he's, he's a good shooting big man. He's a great role guy, really great on the lob. Um, he's a plus defender too. He's athletic and, and very quick laterally, so he can stay with guys, stay in front of guys. Um, so th those guys from the from the Hawks would be. Um, I, I would I would really welcome either of those guys if we could work out a trade that you know includes maybe Tim Hardaway, uh, just because that contract is you know, kind of glaring for, for the production that we got last year, at least from, from Timmy. Um, the next few guys, I'm really not sure how it would work out to get them here. Um, and I'm not sure how much they would, I mean, I know that Buddy Heald and Miles Turner would both welcome being here based on whether they talk about Luca and also Miles Turner being from Dallas. But those two guys is, is who I guess I'll talk about first. From the Pacers, uh, it would probably take more than we have to give to get those two guys. And we might have to get rid of one of our rookies that we just drafted, which I would rather keep both of those guys and, and develop them. And that's uh, something that the Mavericks have never really been good at. So we'll see. But um, getting Buddy Heald would, would be great to pull, plug him in at the three spot. Um, he's a pretty average defender. Uh, but he's a fantastic shooter, and, and having amazing shooters around Luca is such a key because Luca will make the play, make the right play every single time. So if we have great shooters around him, um, then then we know that we're we're getting a good shot every time down the floor. Um, 
And then Miles Turner, obviously, uh, he's a hometown kid from the Dallas area. Watched him play basketball in high school at Trinity. Um, a fantastic defender, great shot blocker, also a great shooter for for his size. So spacing the floor, that'd be awesome. Um, the other two guys that I was talking about that I'm not sh- quite sure how they get here just because I, I don't know their value and what, what we'd have to give up in terms of money or assets and impossible sign and trades to get them um, would be Jay Crowder and George's Niang. Now Crowder's been a Maverick before way back when, before we, you know, ever so wrongly dealt him to the Boston Celtics in that Rondo deal. And uh, I'd, I'd love to see him back in a Mavs uniform. I think he, you know, he's still got a lot left in the tank. Uh, he's a, he's a very good defender, very gritty, He's a pest. Um, he gets in guys' heads. Uh, he's very strong and stout, uh, and, he, and he's still a plus shooter. So I'd love to see him in a Mavs uniform next year, coming off the bench or in a starting four role, depending on who else we've got to round out the roster. Niang, I'm not sure about his value, like what kind of contract he's going to be demanding, um, but just a really good floor spacer. Also a guy that gets in your head. Um, not as great a defender, but not a terrible defender. And just a high-energy guy. Just uh, always seems to bring good energy to, to the team while he's on the floor. Um, seems to spark a lot of runs. Uh, he's, and he's just a sniper. So uh, we need we need shooting. We need defense. We need rebounding. And, and Niang doesn't provide two of those things, but he's a, he's a dang good shooter. So I'd love to have him. And then... These last two guys are more for uh, the vibes than anything, uh, but I think Goran Dragic and Boban Marjanovic would be great guys to have just on the bench to be cheerleaders. And um, you know, Dragic is really good friends with Luca from playing on the Slovenian national team together. And then Boban's been here before. We miss Bobi. We love Bobi, and um, I know that personally. It's it made me kind of mad that we included him in that deal for Christian Wood, especially now looking and seeing that, that Wood has walked um, or that we've let Wood walk. Um, so I think just having those two guys to kind of round out everything and be big vibes players, um, I think that would that would really make a difference next year. So uh, I think the Mavs have a lot to do, but they've, they've done a lot already, uh, a lot of good. I'd give their draft night I'm not going to give it an A, but I'll give it a B plus. I think it's it's a really solid night. Um, they addressed some key issues at center and at the wing position. So I, uh, I'm i really hopeful that they can continue to have a really good offseason. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to expounding on that and kind of bouncing some ideas off of Dennis more in a joint episode that we're going to have coming up. We're not sure when. It, he's been super busy, just all over the place. Uh, Dennis, if you're listening, you know, I, I just hope that <laughs> you're getting some rest. Um, and, uh, make sure you rest up for that, that episode that we're going to have, cause it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and that's, that kind of wraps up episode one for me. Uh, just talking about the draft, um, where the Mavs are heading and, I'm really looking forward to um, keeping this up. Like I said earlier, as long as I can keep getting episodes out, I think I'll stick around and be able to keep doing it. Um, It's something I've thought about for a long time, and 
I'm really glad to finally get it going. Um, I'll have several of my friends as guests on here. Uh, if you have any questions that you want to ask, follow or off the bench underscore pod on Instagram. Uh, DM us questions. Um, if you want to support the page, can't quite do that yet. Um, but after two episodes, I think I can set up um, listener support through the Spotify uh, podcast app. So we'll get that set up. Um, and those those contributions, you know, if you, if you want to see me be successful with this, I'd really, really appreciate it. Um, we're, we're operating just audio right now, but the hope is to be able to upgrade uh, to a mic and camera and not just use this mic that I got back in high school to do live Facebook live streams of our high school basketball games my senior year. Um, and, uh, but yeah, to, if, if uh, you're willing to and able to help me get there, then I'd really, really appreciate that. For now, I appreciate you tuning in and, and giving this a listen. Um, first time on here and, and feeling excited about the future for it. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, I don't know if this will be a weekly thing or what, but, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, this has been Jet Coatney with the Off the Bench Podcast.